Welcome to Rekindle the Promise, the podcast that's for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you are an entrepreneur still in the hunt, then you need a community of like-minded individuals who will help inspire you and lift you and help give you that oomph to help you to keep rekindling the promise. Today's episode is just for you. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sherry here and I'd like to welcome you back to today's Rekindle the Promise. These podcasts are focused at the aspiring entrepreneur, that person who is just starting out or maybe you've been in the game for a while but aren't quite experiencing the success that you desire. Well, our episodes are designed to help motivate you and to help inspire you to stay the course and to never give up on your dreams. So today I was at the gym and I was listening to a talk between Pastor Stephen Furtick and Bishop T.D. Jakes. And Pastor Furtick was interviewing Bishop Jakes about a book that he had just released called Crushing. Now, I haven't had the pleasure of reading the book, but after listening to these two gentlemen discuss it, I think I really might need to get it. There were so many powerful points that they brought up. But there was one particular point that really sent me home researching it more because I really wanted to understand it more. And it was a story that Bishop Jakes was telling about when Elisha was nearing his time of death and the king of Israel, Jehoash, um, came to see him. And Elisha has the king to gather bow and arrows and has the king to shoot the arrow. And then he tells the king to strike the ground with the arrows. Well, Bishop Jace goes on to explain that this describes how God does not take the shot for us. He gives us all the ingredients to help us to make it successful, but he will not take the shot for us. Now, that was so powerful to me that I had to go and look up the story more for myself so I could understand it a little bit more. And what I discovered was even more impactful to me. See, it seems that when Elisha told the king to get the bow and arrows, when the king came back, Elijah had him open the window and then Elijah came forth and put his hands on the king's hands and together they pulled the bow and arrow back and released it. This was to represent the arrow of victory over the enemies. Get the picture of that in your mind. Imagine that the old man placing his hands on the young man's hands and then together they are pulling back the arrow. That's what God does for us. Now, I agree with Bishop Jakes. God will not take the shot for us. But what he does is he is putting his anointing on us. When we are obedient and step out in faith, willing to do what we believe he has called us to do, then when we pull back to take the shot, God places his hands on our hands and together we're able to pull back farther than we would have alone. When we release it with all that we've got, the arrow goes much further than it would have been able to go with us alone. Because by placing of the hands, Elijah's hands on the king's hands, it's like putting his super on the king's natural and together they become supernatural. Can you see that? That is so powerful to me. But also consider this. If the king did not go and get the bow and the arrow, if the king did not open the window, if the king did not begin to pull back the arrow, then Elijah would not have been able to put his hands on the king's hands. Elijah did not do it for him. Elijah just empowered him to do it better. 
So we, we can't wait on God to make the shot for us. God is not going to make the shot for you. You've got to be willing to take the shot. We've got to harness all of our will, all of our tenacity, all of our drive to pull back the bow as far as we can pull it, knowing that God is at our back. To trust that it's our time and we are, even if we don't feel fully equipped to make the shot, that's okay. Because God never said, make the shot. He said, take the shot. You take the first step and I will help you make it. Is that not truly powerful? And there's another piece in that story between Elisha and the king. See, Elisha tells the king to strike the ground with the bow. And the king strikes the, the ground three times. Now, Elisha gets mad and gets angry at him. And Elijah says, you should have struck that ground five or six times, not just three times. And he says, if you would have struck it more times, then you would have totally defeated your enemy. But because you only struck it a few times, you'll win a battle, a couple battles, but you will not totally defeat the enemy. Now, that was interesting to me because the old man didn't really tell the king how many times to strike the ground. So why would he be angry? But then I had to look at the story a little bit closer. Then first I see that the king came to Elijah, not just because the old man was dying, but also because the king was facing a powerful enemy. And in those days, leaders came of, of nations came to spiritual leaders to get advice. So and to get assistance in helping to win. So he came to Elijah to seek help for winning the battle, not just to visit. OK, so Elijah had just performed a powerful illustration of his ability to have a supernatural strength and to be victorious. Yet when Elijah tells him to strike the ground, he only hits it three times. Now, we're not told how he struck it. Was it with real force or was it just a tap? And we're not even told why he only struck it three times. Perhaps he felt silly. You know, after all, he is the king. Maybe, I mean, what king do you see walking around striking the ground with their bow and arrow? But what we can tell by what Elijah's response is and the words he says is that he felt the king was playing small. And because he was um, playing small and thinking small, he wouldn't win a larger victory. Is that what we do sometimes? Do we play small? Maybe you don't think you have what it takes to play larger. Or maybe you don't believe people will listen to you. Regardless of why we do it, I believe this story is saying to us, stop playing small. We see here that when you step out, as we believe God is calling us to, then he will place his hands on our hands. I want you to look at your hands right now. Now, if you're driving, okay, um, look at one hand briefly, okay? <laughs> but... What I want you to do is imagine God's hands overshadowing your hands. Now, whatever it is that's inside of you to do, what if God's hands were engulfing your hand and anointing your hands for success? What would you try? What would you do? What would you go for if that was the case? Now, whatever it is, that you thought about, whatever it is that you said you would try, 
Get busy doing it because God has already anointed your hands when he called you to do it. He said in his word in Psalms 1, everything you touch will prosper. So if that's the case, I suggest we get busy touching today, don't you? So I hope this has blessed you today. Make it a great day, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's Rekindle the Promise. Remember that your hopes and your dreams are worth the battle. Keep hope alive and stay the course. Make it a great day.